So the Gulag Archipelago. This is one of the most harrowing and horrendous books that you will ever read in your life. I think I've read the book twice and I've listened to the audio book six to seven times. I often put the audio book on in the evening when I'm falling asleep and listen to various segments because it's such a complex book and just unbelievable what happened. So the book really is about Alexander Solzhenitsyn's journey from everyday life in Soviet Russia through to being arrested and then going into the gulags and essentially the horrendous journey that a lot of Russian prisoners faced at the time when they'd done nothing wrong. It was under Stalin's rule and it's just horrendous. So what I was going to do is just go through a few sections of the book that are my favourite. Um, arguably, you're better off just picking up the book and reading it now or listening to the audio as opposed to spending the time listening to me talk about it. But perhaps I can inspire you to listen or, or read the book. The great thing about the audio book is that his son actually narrates the book. And believe it or not, he is an awesome narrator. It's really interesting. It's like you just you wouldn't expect it that his son would be such a great narrator. But he is. He's brilliant. So the book itself. Narration. Awesome. The other benefit of listening to the audiobook is that Jordan Peterson actually does the forward to the new version of the book, but he also narrates it. And that's also interesting as well. Jordan Peterson's a super smart Canadian intellect, and he really narrows in on the impact that communism had and why we need to be ultra aware moving forward in all of our life, such as freedom of speech or the beginning parts of when society begins to go wrong and what we can do to recognize it to stop it happening again because as we know with history is cyclical so something may happen today that's forgotten about in a hundred years and then all of a sudden it happens again this is why history is important this is why this book is important because it's one of the few books that really goes into detail on what happened during that time Jordan Peterson's introduction to the book is awesome. Um, actually, you need to listen to it before you've even started listening to the book. It's very intense. Jordan Peterson is intense. However, it is really difficult to grasp all of the concepts. So I listened to that a few times. He also does the outro to the book as well, which comes as quite a shock because you go on this journey from listening to Dr. Jordan Peterson at the start and then you listen to the audio version and you're listening to Alexander Solzhenitsyn's son and all of a sudden, bang, Jordan Peterson comes in at the end with like, wow, that was really quite a book. And I was a bit taken aback the first time I heard it because I was like, oh, okay. And then he again just talks about what he learned after reading the book. There's also an interview with Jordan Peterson and his son, Alexander Solzhenitsyn's son, at the end of the book, which is amazing because he lived with his dad doing talks all over the world and really understood what his dad went through. So the, the audible version is just awesome and just a piece of history that just is there for anyone to listen to. And I always think about this. What else are you doing today? Are you really that busy? You can't put on half an hour, just listen to part of this book that will just change your perspective on life and, and just illuminate potential pitfalls of your society of what could go wrong in your life and how to manage it. I mean, 
for me, it's, it's a no-brainer. So I, I, I keep going back to this book. I actually did an episode, one of the very first episodes on my podcast. I took some of the lessons from the book the first few times I read it. And I spoke about how it could help you in your dating life, such things as facing fear and how you can learn by how other people have faced fear, how to combat it yourself. You know, because essentially you don't, you don't need to go through a horrendous period of your life to learn. I mean, granted, it does help, but listening to other people that have been through worse times, it does so many things. First of all, gives you perspective on your life and it just, you, you realize what am I whinging about? What am I complaining about? It, you know, if you're listening to someone that's been through a horrendous time and what have you really got to whinge about? We think that we have things difficult in our life and then you hear what went on and you think, do I really, is it really that hard? The answer is no. So if you're feeling down or low or feeling like your life's hard, it's another thing, just pick up any history book and you'll begin to feel better. Trust me. So essentially the book's about, it's even on the front cover, 1918 to 1956 in Soviet Russia and about what happened when Joseph Stalin became in charge of the country. And the the narrator, or sorry, the, the author starts the book with a technique which I'm a really big fan of. So the first chapter is about the word arrest. So if you just pause for a second, what does the word arrest mean to you? Now, I'm sure that it brings up certain thoughts or ideas or maybe video clips in your mind about what arrest actually means. And he goes into great lengths to explain what it means to him. And he gives loads of metaphors, loads of stories. The one that remains with me is that you're just walking down the street one day and all of a sudden someone grabs you from a side street you didn't know existed and that door closes and that's the end of your life, end of your previous life. There's no going back. And some people didn't go back ever. I mean, some people it took 25, 30, 40 years before they could even go back to their previous life. You imagine that now. Imagine walking down the street now and someone grabs you and that's it. You're gone for 25, 30, probably going to die as well. If you do survive, you're going to go through some harrowing times. So he describes what arrest is like. And that was the most impactful message that I got from the first chapter of the book. Just realizing that you think, God, you've really got to enjoy your life because you don't know what tragedy or what could happen very soon in your life. A lot of us are on autopilot. I'm certainly guilty of this to a certain extent. And, you know, that just made me wake up a little bit and think, well, okay, <laughs> you know, you're one moment away from, from tragedy. He then goes on to talk about what happens when you're arrested. And essentially what they wanted to do was to get you to dob in other people and to sign a disclaimer that you're guilty of speaking or going against Stalin and Russia. You had no choice. Eventually you had to sign or if you didn't sign, they would just fake your fake your signature. But the torture procedures are horrendous. I won't go into them now, but if you think the worst possible torture, add some, then that's really what you're facing. I mean, uh, you know, putting you in, these are a few of the ones that aren't too bad, you know, putting you in a cupboard with four people where you just fit with ice water 
that's like 12 inches and just leaving you in there for three days, freezing. I mean, you just imagine what that's like. Putting you in a cell and then turning the heating on and basically boiling your blood alive. I mean, these are just, these are a few things that that people actually went through um, that weren't guilty of anything. <laughs> there's, a, there's a great bit in the audio book where he says like, when you're arrested, the first thing you say is, what, me? And uh, later on in the book, he goes back and says that when he was arrested, he said exactly the same thing. What, me, what did I do? And that's really what it's like. You're, you're not guilty of anything. So what would happen is Russia, according to, to the author, Russia and Stalin would have certain amount of people that would need to be arrested. And they were, and then they would get you to sign documents saying people that you know are also guilty. And then they'd go and arrest them. And then it just went on and on and on. And then if you made it past that, you then went into a prisoner camp and then you went into a worker camp. Some other things that the author talks about, which again, are just horrendous, like how they transport prisoners. Something you'd never think about, isn't it? It's like, how do you transport prisoners? I mean, you can think about Auschwitz and, and what they did at that, that period where they would just put them onto like cargo and just squeeze everyone in, lock the door for three or four days. It's kind of similar in Russian times, but it almost feels like, you know, just they would essentially just put you on the train and just leave you on there and, you know, just keep piling more and more people in so you couldn't even move and they wouldn't give you food or drink or if they did it would be salty and then you'd be like dying of thirst people would die on transits and if you think how big russia is you think about that like it's just it's unbelievable to think that you could this happen to people it's modern history 50 60 years ago this happened just taken thrown made to sign a document that says your family and friends are also guilty so you know what's going to happen to them then you're thrown on this train, no food, no water. Then you eventually arrive at the, the worker camps where they would just get you working and essentially most people until they, until they died. If you can envisage what the winters were like in Russia and you can imagine that you're not really going to get any appropriate shoes or warm clothing and the food is just minimalist. I mean, that's the sort of fundamental basis of the book. It, it documents the, the journey from being arrested all the way through. And then when you're released, you're exiled. So you can't even go back at that stage. That is just illuminating and, and you just, you, you can't go back to old ways of thinking. However, there's, there's so many things you get from this book, like spiritual enlightenment that you wouldn't get anywhere else such things as how the writers kept their, their brain stimulated so they would remember all of the lines to the poetry or books that they were writing so they'd be in these worker camps or in exile and they had no pens and paper so they would remember them he said the human memory is phenomenal i actually think when he got released he he wrote this book and uh it then got caught and, and incinerated and he wrote it again but i think he wrote this whole book which is you know, nigh on 500 pages. I think he wrote it in like a week or something, just something so small. And you just think this is unbelievable. The, the language used in a book as well. I mean, I'm a big fan of Russian literature anyway, because the style of writing is incredible. The stories, the metaphors, you're there. <laughs> I mean, you are there. And I just... 
yeah, it, it touches me every time I read it. There's a few learning lessons as well that I, that I got from this. Um, well, there's always more learning lessons, aren't there? I mean, just as I'm looking at it, there's so many things I could just talk about, about this book, just go on for hours and hours and hours. The reason why um, human beings can connect with each other was interesting. When when you are arrested, you're by yourself and then you're sort of tortured until you sign a document and then you get put in a cell with other people. And there was something comforting being around other people. Some you would know just for that evening and some you would know for a week. They also put stooges in there so that if anyone was doing anything they shouldn't be, you think you're talking to a prisoner and you're talking to someone who's undercover. I mean, that's beyond belief anyway. It's just horrendous. However, one thing that really resonates with me is that he's on this train journey and the language is so beautiful when he describes this. When you get to this section of the book, you will pause and read it over and over again because it's just it's just amazing. He says that when you when you accept your circumstances, that you enjoy the company of other people and you may be on the train, you may be hungry, you may be thirsty, you may be on the verge of death. But when you're with other people, you can enjoy that time spent together, no matter what the circumstances. And that's essentially what humanity is about. It's really touching that moment of the book, because even in horrendous circumstances, you realize that you can really connect with people if you accept where you are. And even then he was saying like, you, you know, you can, you may never see this person again. Chances are you won't. And again, it makes you realize that you need to enjoy your time with people. We, we have this sort of belief in our society that things will be the same. Things are always changing. And when you do spend time with people, it, it potentially could be the last time you spend time with each other. So that book really hit home with me about when you are with people, be present. You know, don't be on your phone. Don't be distracted. If you are distracted, just say, hang on a second. Just let me finish this and I'll, I'll come back to you. You know, being with human beings, being connected, it's no wonder we all struggle or there's a mental health issue with people because we're not present. We're not with people. We're not connecting. We're on our phones. We're texting. We're worrying about things. And it's all nonsense at the end of the day. It's, it's beyond nonsense and it just pales into insignificance. It's, you know, just put your phone down. Just connect with someone. You know, when you're speaking to your family members, just give them the time. Give them time to breathe, speak to them, connect with them because you're missing, you're missing your life if you don't. When I listen to this book, as opposed to reading it, because I'm going to make a distinction between reading and listening. So, so when you're when you're listening, you can absorb things and you can be there because your imagination runs wild. Whereas when you're reading something, you can stop, pause and really think about it. So it's the reason why I've read this book a few times and listened to it a lot. So when you're listening to it, you can really take things out, think about things in that moment. But obviously the narration's going on, so you, you can't do it for too long. But when you're reading it, you can just stop. You know, you can pick a page, read it about what the interrog interrogation procedure was like. And you can just stop and imagine, what would I do in that situation? This is something that Dr. Jordan Peterson talks about. He's like, take the time to imagine yourself being a victim, but also the person that's the guard at the prison. Could you say that you wouldn't have done that given the same circumstances? Could you say, I would never torture someone 
I mean, you can say that, but there's no context there, is there? And this is where context to me is the most important thing. It's so easy for us to think in black and white. It's so easy to judge people. And it's so easy to think that we're on the right path and that other people are doing things wrong. Without context, there is no understanding. So taking the time to just think about if I was in that situation, would I have acted any different to the thousands of people that were in that situation and didn't? And could you envisage yourself doing these atrocious things that people did? Could you imagine being tortured? Could you imagine that happening to a loved one that you care about? Could you also imagine being in a position of power? Would you be corrupt? Because the corruption was unbelievable during the Russian era. And could you honestly say that you wouldn't do that? I don't think we can know. But one thing I will say is that we can take the time to consider it and think about it. And I think if you think of life as this line that most of us stay on with our opinions and our objectives and what we think about things, if you deviate from that line, you can change the way you think and you can change your life. And that deviation for me takes a moment to say, would I do that? Was, was that something I could do? How would that feel? And you put yourself in the situation of someone else. And that's when you really begin to develop. Otherwise, how can you? You're just going to run everything through the same judgment, the same thinking processes you've had before. So many people read a lot of self-development books and they can talk about it all day long. I'm guilty of this and I have been guilty of this in, in my life where you know, someone's giving an idea on something, I can tell them what book and, and pretty well what page or what chapter it is because I was a bit of a self-development junkie. And then you realize I haven't implemented this in my life. It doesn't mean anything. That's why taking the time to think, what does this mean to my life really helps you. When I, when I stopped thinking about knowing everything and I start thinking about implementing it, that's when I became a good coach. That's when I really started helping people. It's thinking I've got all this knowledge accrued a, I'm not implementing it in my own life. And B, I'm not implementing it enough with my clients. So when you start to think about things from other people's perspective, all of a sudden you think about implementation and not knowledge. It's a massive difference, by the way. It's, it's not about knowledge. It's about how you implement that knowledge into your life. And you're better off just reading this one book for the next five years of your life. And just trying to implement the lessons into your life than reading what I've done, which is like 500 odd books and not really implementing enough lessons from them. That's a real insight into sort of what it's like to be addicted to, to self-development. And obviously we're all on our own path and our journey. And it took me that amount of work to recognize that I was falling into that trap. So when you do pick up these beautiful pieces of literature that just come from horrendous times. There's no other way of saying it. Just take a moment and just take your ego to one side and just think, could that have been me? How could that have been me? And what can I learn from this? You know, is there, is there a lesson here? Is there something that I can do? I mean, for me, I'm, I'm recording this about the book because hopefully I can get more people to just pick up a copy and read it or listen to the audible book. But, you know, what else are you doing today? And I think that's a good place for me to end this video today. I'm just going to hold this book up and, and, and say it gives me shivers reading it. It's, it's, it's just so remarkable.
I'm just getting into it. What, what else are you doing today? You're not that busy. Order the book. Get the audible version. Listen to Dr. Jordan Peterson's introduction. Listen to the first chapter on arrest and your life will be forever changed.